Welcome to the Martin Plugged In Podcast. My name is Marcel Stag and I'm here with Darren Winter. We talk about everything around marketing and the challenges you get involved with. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Marcel. How are you? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Doing great, thank you. We've got a special edition today, haven't we? Definitely. We have a special guest on the podcast today, Michael Waydock from the company Three Point Media host of Anything But Footy and broadcaster on different events. Good morning, Michael. Yeah, good morning. Lovely to be here with you, Marcel, and with you, Darren. Uh, you too, Michael. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. I've, um, I've been in London where I've had a terrific dose of the flu, but um, no, back to, back to work today. Um, <laughs> so just apologies in advance if my, my voice is a bit croaky or my nose is a little bit congested. <laughs> No problem at all. I mean, your voice sounds perfectly fine to me, but we'll keep it in mind. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Uh, The podcast of today is about video marketing, video marketing and business. Uh, Mike, your business is Three Point Media, uh, is a specialist in video marketing. So for the people listening, tell us some more about what your business is about, where you started, and maybe then some of the clients you work for actually yeah three point media is um a video production company and we deliberately use the word video um production company i don't think we uh we would claim to be making films for people we're very much a kind of business to business um video production company so um that's a deliberate policy of ours we're based in Darlington, which is a town in northeast England, which mm-hmm. is part of a wider region of the Tees Valley or Teesside, as it probably was. And before that, it was known as, as Cleveland. And we've been going since 2005. So the reason that I and, and my colleagues set the business up is we were all working for broadcasters in the northeast um, and we all lost our jobs, essentially. We were all made redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all able to pick up what was at the time some decent payoffs. And we felt that there was in this region, and it's an exciting but often overlooked region, I think, of, of the UK, mm-hmm. um, the Northeast. We felt there was some exciting opportunities here. And certainly when we looked at the marketplace in 2005, clearly it's changed since. Um, Newcastle was a big centre, and there were two or three big video production companies, film production companies in Newcastle. Leeds and Manchester were, were quite good, but there was this massive area of the country in between where mm-hmm. no one was really doing what we were doing. So as I said, we work with businesses and organizations. We make things like health and safety videos, training videos, induction films. So when people go to sites and the Northeast of England, if you know it, there's a lot of big industry and big manufacturing sites around here where, you know, induction videos are very useful when people come on, whether that's contractors, staff or visitors, we make sales and promotional material. And then increasingly in the last five years, our business has been around social media content. So mm-hmm. 2005, people were coming to us about video content for their website. They were looking for a little video on their website. But predominantly at that point, we were making DVDs for people. If we were making a, a sales or promotional video, we were delivering it on a run of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 DVD copies, and they were getting, getting sent out. The business has changed a lot, mm. so we are now increasingly making short-form content for people, which they're using on Twitter and yeah. on LinkedIn and on YouTube and Instagram. All right, so 
that's yeah that's definitely what we can see back on on, on, the, on the website as well there's lots of videos on that and they look actually really really uh really professional really smoothened out uh definitely in, in the sector that you mentioned about lots of videos around that and um one thing that you mentioned was like so first you did the the broadcasting lots of uh yeah broadcasting stuff then that kind of faded down you went into the video business so the team you're working with now is that a team that you the people around you right now that also came from within this uh the same sector of that where you worked uh before with on the broadcasting yeah um the, the team at three point media we're all broadcast professionals as a background yeah and i think that really helps we're all We've all got a news and current affairs background and events background, live events background. I think that really helps with the video production work because in a news environment, and when I was a TV mm -hmm. news journalist, you've got an hour or two to film something. You've got to turn it around and get it on the telly. Mm. Often that lunchtime, usually that night, you don't usually have two or three days for it. <laughs> so no. I think in terms of, of our clients now, when they say to us, oh, you know, what are the time frames, what are the lead frames on this video content? we are quite good at turning stuff around quickly um, because our background is, you know, a same day shoot, a same day edit and, and get it out there. So, you know, I, whilst, you know, we're not churning videos out for no. people um, and we are now, and it was difficult to, to be honest at the start because we had to change our mindset a bit that, you know, the videos that we were putting out were no longer videos that I had the final say on. When I was a TV news journalist, myself and an editor would mm -hmm. have the final say on it. And now we were turning out videos where the client had the final say on it and their idea of what was right wasn't always the same as, as what we thought was right. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and, and, but I think we, we've learned that. And I think when you've got, as we have kind of some very good long-term relationships with clients, you begin to understand their language yeah. and you know what they want. So the National Health Service in, in the northeast of England is one of our big clients and one of the things they come back time after time after time and say to us is, you speak our language, you, you talk the language of the, the NHS, and that is why we get the repeat business from them. Yeah, it's, it's get, generating confidence in one another. Obviously, that's when first starting out, that's always <coughs> something you have to work on uh, uh, together to generate that that feeling towards one another and once that is established and it gets so much easier and what I, I believe strongly believe then that also uh, uh looking at the uh, obviously your field of expertise where you were really active in before it's really getting that message across at first it was and, and, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, It's first it was lots of audio and some video and uh, attached to it sometimes as well. Is that correct? So within yeah, the I'd, broadcasting? I'd always, I always wanted to be on television. If I'm to be brutally honest, growing up, I wanted to be a kid's TV presenter. Um, that, that, is, that is what I wanted to do. Um, and obviously there wasn't an obvious career path into being a kids TV <laughs> presenter, but yeah. one of the ways or routes into it I saw was, was radio. Um, so I started as a local radio presenter, mm -hmm. local radio reporter as well, because I always liked interviewing people and, and meeting people. Um, but it was always an ambition to go into to television, go yeah. into to video stuff. Um, and I think probably at that point in my life, I, I thought I'd probably just be a broadcaster forever. I thought I'd probably be a local radio DJ or a local TV presenter forever. Mm -hmm. But 
um, the reality soon hit that actually there probably wasn't going to be a, certainly not a very well-rewarded career in local radio, if indeed a, a long-term career in local mm. radio. And if, as we did in, in 2005, we found ourselves wanting to stay living in this region, we realised that we probably had to create something for ourselves. So what happened with Three Point Media is we mm. brought three different but complementary skill sets together. So my skill set was I could interview people, I could do voiceovers for people, so I could voice their videos, uh, I could produce videos for them in that I could bring all the elements needed um, mm -hmm. for the video together, and I liked going out and meeting people and doing the business side. I then got together with someone that could video edit and do motion graphics, together with someone that had technical nous and could film and could put outside broadcasts together. The three of us brought those skills together, all from a broadcast background, and we all continue working to this day in broadcast as well as doing three-point media work together. Yeah, that's where and, the and name comes from. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, our first client was Middlesbrough Football Club. Um, so there was the three points um, to do with football, um, which was three-point... And and this idea of three point lighting, which you have in in video um, mm -hmm. together as well. So we had a working title of full time media for about four months until we realised someone else had the website. <laughs> I think three point media sounds a really good name, actually. So, yeah. Well, it, it it was not one that we um we we really sort of tortured ourselves about. Um, I can remember being sat around what was my kitchen table at the time. We were like, right, we need to come up with another name quickly because. You know, and I've still got on my on my computer some of our early proposals, and and the the name is Full Time Media. But you know, Three Point Media um, from two thousand and five, it's stuck, and and people sort of tend to remember it and tend to know it around here, which I think is important. Yeah, and that definitely that's actually what you want try to achieve. I mean, I also think that the name. I mean, uh, for example, Nike could have been an unknown company. I mean, and, and, and brand we didn't know about, but it's what they did actually and, and all the stuff around that. And it can always resemble some kind of thing within the company, but it, it's not that super, super important. And, and if you already establish some kind of uh, attention around the brand name and people remembering it, I mean, that's actually what, way more important than coming up with a new name. Yeah, I well, we're just, I think a lot of people just call us Three Point. We get that a lot. Well, the boys from Three Point. Oh, the, that's the Three Point, <laughs> well, that the three point cool. guys are in. So, um, yeah, we get that a lot. And when we get handed name badges and things when we go to places, it often just says Three Point on it. So, mm. <laughs> so that's quite fun. Which yeah. number are you? One, two, or three? Oh, I've never really thought about it. Um, number three in terms of height. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I don't know whether we have a pecking order in the office. I, I wouldn't like to rate ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave it with that then. Well, so um, we're all curi uh, pretty curious on, uh, uh, is there any big project at the moment you're working on? What I uh, did, uh, a big thing that you're going to do is to be the uh, broadcaster on the Olympics in Tokyo 2020. Um that's yep. a big thing that coming up, but maybe more company-wise. So for Three Point Media, is there any big projects um, you're working on at the moment? Yeah, well, like you say, the, the Olympics is kind of a, a side project for me. Obviously not one that I could go and, and do and commit that amount of time for without 
the agreement of my partners at Three Point Media. So, yeah. as I said, we all we all have our our little work that we do on the side. So, one of my colleagues will work at the World Cup or the European Football Championships. Another one of my colleagues leads the camera crews on the Formula E electric motorsport. So, wow. he'll go off and do ten races a year. So, there'll be ten weeks a year where he's kind of out of the business <laughs> to do that. So, yes, we have that as as an agreement. But as far as Three Point Media is concerned, we've We've recently just won quite a big tender um, around here. As I said right at the start, the the kind of immediate locality is called the Tees Valley. Um, And what is relatively new for the Tees Valley is that we have a mayor now of of the Tees Valley. Now, this isn't something we've had before. Um, And so there is now an organization called the Tees Valley Combined Authority. Mm -hmm. What they do basically is they bring together five local authorities so there's the towns of Middlesbrough and Stockton, Darlington, Hartlepool and then the region that we're actually sat in myself and Darren now Redcar and Cleveland which is more of a coastal region mm-hmm. um, and they're able to access quite a lot of central government money um, and spend it wisely on projects so the tender that we've won is through Tees Valley Careers so we're going to be working with a lot of local businesses oh, and a lot of local big. schools. That's as well. huge, so, actually. So. I mean, going th- that's paves way for lots of opportunities and definitely business wise, startups and all that kinds of stuff. Because that's on this very moment uh, 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 something that it's really popular to set up your own business. And, and obviously, it always needs to work itself out if it's going to work or not. But I mean, there's huge potential and opportunity there then. So, Going into that, I mean, it might be interesting to go a little bit more in depth on video and marketing itself, because that was the topic we were going to talk about today, definitely. Um, So, a perfect video. (laughs) I mean, you have lots lots of experience. Definitely, I think, looking back on the stuff, all everything that you've done before, the message itself obviously it's something you i think audio wise you don't have video so you don't have anything visual to showcase so you really need to be on point creating a story it's basically storytelling in which you are pretty uh, i think then profound in uh, over all those years uh, of experience so how what is your view on the perfect video and is there a such thing as a perfect video I look at probably every video that we do and think, oh, I, I wish we'd done that slightly different or <laughs> I wish we'd we'd changed that or we'd shot that in a slightly different way or we'd got them to say this in, instead of that. So um, I don't think we've made the perfect video yet. I think we've been pretty close on some. There's there's some work that, that we've done that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. Um, we worked for an international trade organization called Tradecraft. Um, we went around the world with them actually to um, places like Nepal and Bangladesh and Kenya, you know, going to some, some really hard to reach communities and, and telling some really powerful stories with them. And I think a lot of those videos were 95% perfect, but <laughs> no, uh, I don't think we've made the perfect video. I think for us, um, and you use the word storytelling, and I, I love to use that word with people, storytelling, because um, we're in a situation now with technology, phones, tablets, where we can pretty much all capture quite good footage. 
we've all got slow-mo capability on our phone. You can go to a high street shop now and buy something that can give you aerial footage, whereas 10, 12 years ago, I used to pay a man to hang out the side of a helicopter to get aerial footage. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now you can go Lots and buy of things a have fair, changed. fairly cheap drone and get, and get good aerial footage. So, you know, I think those things are available to lots of people, but the, for us, the, the perfect video or, or the near-perfect video would start with that, that storytelling, that pre-production, that, that working yeah. out what the message is, what the story is that we're trying to tell. And, and often you don't know that until you're halfway through it. Yeah. And actually, I think that, that can be a learning for some people in our organization where they want to pre-produce a lot. And sometimes, and I'm like that, I like to pre-produce a lot and, and know where I'm going with things. Mm-hmm. And actually, sometimes it's when you're out there and doing it that actually you think, oh, and that's where the, the journalism background comes in. It's like, actually, this is the story. This yeah. is this is the better story today, and, and it's just having the the guts, the knowledge, the instinct sometimes to to ch- change your thought process as you're going. Um, and when I go back to that tender that we won with the Tees Valley mm-hmm. Combined Authority, they've said to us, "Go out and tell 35 different stories. We don't want a formula here. We don't want all these videos to be the same." And you know that's fantastic for me. How how do you, one of the challenges that you just touched on there was about um, having the guts to you know tell a story and very often you go through a project and you find that it actually this is the better story to tell. So for people that perhaps who aren't experienced uh, enough to kind of like have the the guts to change a project halfway through, how do you do that? How how do you go about doing that? Um, well, I think we work very closely with our clients always and and most of our clients are are on sort of long-term relationships with us so most of them trust us and and I think trust is a very important word some clients we work with like to see a storyboard and a script in advance and yes absolutely we we do that but we always put on that script and storyboard and in the discussions we have with them that video making filmmaking is a fluid process and so often we we certainly would encourage clients to come out with us and film and we definitely definitely encourage clients to come and edit with us so really we we definitely say not all the time because i think that'd be a waste of their time and pretty dull for them because as as you know video editing and certainly motion graphic design can be quite time consuming but we would definitely encourage clients to come and, and sit as we are heading towards the end of the process yeah and that way then we can we can show them rough cuts. We can say, well, this is what we've done and why we've done it. This is the alternative. If you still want to go with that alternative, it's there for you. Um, but I think, as I said, most of our clients know us. We're working with a client at the moment. Uh, and our key contact there has worked with us at five different organizations now. So, you know, she she just knows that she can pretty much give us the brief. We can get on and deliver it for her. And if it doesn't exactly match that sheet of A4 paper, she's not too concerned. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> all right. I mean, um, that makes sense. So going around, that's the storytelling part. Obviously, uh, I, I strongly really like the idea of... Um, 
that it's a fluid process, definitely. And that once it happens that you are on site and things work out differently, I think that makes you, that's experience and that's obviously your background, but uh, definitely professionalism. And I believe that makes the difference between some kind of type of videos because you talked about, hey, nowadays we have all access to all different kinds of products, materials, drones, etc. And obviously, if you have the material to purchase them, then that's great, you know. But if you don't have the money to hire or to buy that stuff, Let's say you don't have the money to hire a professional and you can only work with the materials that you can get yourself. What tips do you have for the people that are still underneath that, uh, under, under that next step? So if you have to record it and do it all yourself. So people that have their own businesses, etc., and they don't have the budget to pay for everything. What tips do you have? based on the background and the experience you have. Obviously, storytelling might be, looking into storytelling might be an interesting one, but I'll, I'll leave that up to you. What yeah, you I think? mean, just watch and learn. You know, there's an extraordinary amount of videos out there on YouTube or, or Twitter or whatever these days. So go and have a look at what you think is, is good or go and have a look at what other companies or businesses are doing in your sector. And, mm -hmm. and see whether you can try and, and match them. It's a challenge for us, this, because we obviously are in the business of trying to convince people it's worth investing and still spending significant amounts of money in getting professionals in. What we are also doing, though, is, is working with clients often in trying to come up with a way where they can do some of their own user-generated content. So the NHS simply not practical with the National Health Service that we can be in filming everything they would like to get filmed. Mm -hmm. You know, they're a huge, busy organization. But there are things that they can do themselves and things that they can do themselves that they can bring together with what we do. So, yep. you know, for example, with, with the National Health Service, we could maybe work with them on some of the high-end motion graphics, which they can wrap around some of their own video, mm -hmm. um, which just then makes it stand out a little bit. Um, you know, there's some very sort of practical things nowadays where, you know, if you're using Instagram stories, for example, you want yeah. to use your phone portrait. If you are wanting to put something on YouTube or incorporate it into the kind of video that we would produce, you want to use your phone landscape. The, the amount of times that people have said, well, I've got a couple of shots on my phone and, and we get them and, and they're portrait and they <laughs> say, well, actually, we need them landscape. But then Instagram stories have kind of changed the landscape yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it does. on that a little bit now. So, you know, there's some, there's some practical things and the, the mistake that most people make is mm -hmm. sound. People don't, um, when they're, they're doing their own user-generated content, they don't think about the sound. So they think to themselves, I can get this principal, this director, this business owner, manager stood here and I can get them to do their piece to camera and I know how to hold my phone steady 
I know where this is going, so I've got it on my portrait or landscape setting, but then you can't hear them because <laughs> you've not put a microphone on them yeah. and you've stood them next to a generator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and that, that's the biggest mistake. So, you know, what I'd like to think is that our clients understand the value of what we do yeah. and the expertise of what we do and still think it's a worthwhile investment with what we mm-hmm. do. And if there's some potential to do a little bit themselves where necessary, but continue to to bring us in for the higher end projects or to just lift what they've done, mm-hmm. then that's where the relationship works. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, it's a smart choice to to um, work together with professionals, professional companies to and do anything that you can possibly do yourself up front. I mean, there's lots of stuff. Um, but let's for so let's say they don't have any budget available for for hiring anyone just have to do it for themselves would you would you say that it's then smarter to go for direct content uh, obviously what platforms or how would you go around that let's just say there's someone that would like to produce videos Obviously, it depends on what kind of videos, what type of videos. They want to provide, uh, uh, um, create videos, but they don't have any budget available next to their own phone and stuff. Would you say that they then will be very limited to what type of content they can provide? Will it be then only like self-portrait uh, uh, videos, them talking about stuff and not the higher end? So what I'm getting at is, hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I, I think potentially I think it's interesting because I'm going to kind of chip in a little bit here. No, no about, worries. Um, I think this is an interesting rise on people just making homemade videos, especially on LinkedIn. People talking about their everyday stuff, and yeah, you know, going back two or three years ago, there was this snobbiness on LinkedIn. It's like they didn't want to become this mainstream platform. It was a professional networking. They didn't want emojis. They didn't want all this homemade video stuff, but that's where digital's going and yep. like you've, you've said before michael going from dvds all the way through to digital and drones you know we're seeing the platforms now going through this same kind of growth and it's an interesting question that i think what you're trying to say is that yep. i suppose from a brand perspective and from a company perspective could you do yourself more damage and injustice trying to make your own video or are you going to be fortunate enough to say, do you know what, that's a homemade video, everybody else is doing it on LinkedIn, I should just give it a go? Well, yep. I, I mean, I speak to people quite a lot when I go networking and things, and they, they just say, well, you know, we've done some videos ourselves, and, and we put them on LinkedIn. And first and foremost, I say to them, well, well done for doing video. Well done for accepting, knowing that video is is got to be part of, of what you're doing. Yeah. And, mm. You know, so first and foremost, I support that. Um, secondly, if you'd like a little bit of assistance, we're probably not as expensive as perhaps you, you think um, to, to come and do something. So, you know, I would encourage everyone to, to try doing some video. Don't be too ambitious um, w- with your first video. So that exact point that you say there, that little sort of piece to camera, if you like, where you've maybe set your phone up on the mm-hmm. table, you're resting against your salt and pepper pot. And you're sat in your <laughs> yeah. kitchen and, and you're, you're doing it. Um, it's not going to be the quality that, that we do. Um, it's not going to have the sound quality. It's, it's, it's not going to be as produced as well as what we do. 
Um, but that depends on what you're going for. That was I was I yeah. tried to say so. And if it reflects badly your on your brand, if if the videos yeah. you're doing are are really awful, um, they sound <laughs> awful, they look awful, whatever, yeah. and people are looking at that on LinkedIn and thinking, well, because I always find on LinkedIn if if I see people that have got you know bad spelling mistakes and, and things, yeah. and obviously I'm I'm LinkedIn with lots of people in marketing and PR and communications, mm-hmm. and I sometimes read their posts and think, well, if you can't spell your own <laughs> LinkedIn post, then I'm not going to give you my PR True. contract yeah. because. Where is your attention to detail? And I think that there's a, an issue for people around that. Um, so, yes, absolutely give video a go. But if your videos that you're doing are going to reflect badly on someone's going to watch that video and go, well, if that's the quality of their video, then, you know, what yeah. is the quality of their website, their social media, their press release going to be, then I think that's where where companies, individuals might run into problems. And I think just, I mean, not to keep banging on about it, but I think a lot of the people we deal with maybe do a little bit of video themselves, get a little bit of traction, people talk about it. So, So I saw your video. And then at that point, they then think to themselves, well, maybe now I should speak to somebody that can enhance this or help me with it yeah. whether that is just with a little bit of branding maybe you go and, and spend a day filming with them and you you know in a day's filming we can output someone's six months digital strategy for them in, in a way if that makes sense you know so it doesn't have to be hugely expensive you can get a lot in in, in that day's filming as well so you know i think when people are, are trying it for themselves great and i think then hopefully they'll then see the benefit of getting someone like ourselves in to do it yeah Yeah. so over yeah definitely i think that makes sense over time once it all catches up and things work out really well it might that it it all depends on the type of content that person produces. obviously if there are lots of improved then they should do that first but if you read it reach a certain level it might be interesting to to yeah, upgrade obviously into better it's quality. Working. Yeah, yeah. And, and once it, and for so gaining traction obviously might be the first thing. What you're actually trying to actually saying is then first off, make sure all of the points are hit or the quality standards are met, and once that can gains traction then it might be interesting and obviously it depends on the type of content but then it might be interesting to go upgrade it to an even higher level obviously there's so much to improve uh um i mean you're not a specialist for nothing it means you have the experience and all the stuff to make it even better so that and i think i think it's what we've said before that you know it, sometimes it's not just about the end product it's about the journey you go on for and having a new set of eyes to get coming on a project they've got potentially a different um a, a, a different viewpoint and can inject new ideas and creativity which can make an absolutely massive difference to your business let alone just the video project as well um somebody can just come up with one small little idea and they can do you know what i never thought about it or never had the confidence to try and do that um, and I think you need everybody needs that from time to time. No matter if you're the best creative in the world, you're only creative up to a point that up to your ceiling. Um, that somebody else will come in new ideas, new technology. Um, and I think it's uh, yeah, there's, it's a missed opportunity if people don't 
you know, getting new people involved in projects. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all about growing and making it better yeah. and make it more valuable. And one of the most important things I think we all agree on is that storytelling is, would you say that storytelling is more important than video quality? Or would you say video quality? Mm, it's, 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 it's a very a tough question. But I'd, I'd like you, to think we do both equally well, yeah. <laughs> he says. But um, if, you have to, if you have to choose one, like either uh, storytelling or video quality, which one would you... I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go storytelling because that's my side of the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've got a, a thing at Three Point Media at the moment where we kind of say the thing about us is we're more than just a montage. So there's there's a lot of companies that are producing, as I said before, some nicely shot um, pictures and they can put lovely 60 seconds of, of video footage together, whether that's sunrises, aerials, slow-mos, grade it all very watch. nicely <laughs> and all the rest of it. But what story is that telling what what's what's the message what do you want someone watching that 60 second video about your company what what at the end of the day do you want them to go and do do you want them to go and buy yeah. your products do you want them to pick the phone up and ring you and find out more information and i i would think that where we feel we excel is getting those messages across so yeah the storytelling side yeah. of it and you know we've We've done videos for people where they've given us some of their own footage and we look at it and cringe a little bit. <laughs> not the way that we yeah. would do it. But if you if you were to put some of that video footage in the right storyboard mm. and add some of the right graphics and text to it, you can probably get away with it. Yeah. That's probably not what my colleagues that do all the filming and editing would say. <laughs> no, obviously, I mean, it makes sense. The video quality needs to be on point. But um, audio, uh, 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 storytelling-wise, it needs to be perfect. Storytelling-wise, it needs to be perfect. So I think a, a really good example of that is, and uh, I'm going to say about the Apple TV uh, kind of announcement, because um, last, last week was on Friday, they had their big launch of their TV channel, and they, you know, they've rolled out all these different uh, these different TV programs um, and their big billing with this morning with Jennifer Aniston and this, this supposedly the script writing is really shocking and some of the worst that anybody's written <laughs> and that kind of shows that in the reviews it is about the story that comes first and but they'll still get the viewers because the video quality is you know the production itself is quite um, but it's Hollywood budgets they spent a lot of money they spent a lot of money on the, on the actors and the people involved but the actual but not on the script writing but not on the script writing <laughs> which is really essentially really what you would want you know to get people to come back but it can be overcome um but it's just not the way uh, people still look to understand the story first yeah. otherwise you haven't really got anything have you you just got yeah. some nice pretty pictures and that's exactly it. and that can be i think believe uh, i believe that beautiful shot uh, a, a beautiful shot movie it's really tempting to watch as well lots of dynamic shots and all that and as interesting it, as it might be and people tend to watch it until the end eventually they will forget it and what stays is the story and the story puts people into action or and whatever you want to do so yeah, that the, 
The other point I'd make on on storytelling is it's not just, from our point of view, a pre-production role. It's not just coming up with a script or a storyboard in, in advance. Mm-hmm. Very much it's a post-production role. So, you know, mm-hmm. the video editor has yeah. as as much, if not a bigger say, on, on bringing yeah. that story to <laughs> yeah. life and, and putting those pictures in the right order, starting that video with the yeah. right sequence or the, yeah. the right explosive moment that will we'll get the viewer hooked. And for the the camera operator out and about on the shoot that day, because whilst I might have said to the camera operator, pretty standard today, we're going to a business, it's a talking head, blah, 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 blah. Actually, it's the camera operator's eye that day and in spotting something, someone, an angle, a sequence that I might not have thought about that slots into the story. So it's very much Mm. a collaborative approach. So I don't think the storytelling is all about me. It starts probably in pre-production with me, um, and I certainly sit in on on the editing side, the post-production, and of course when we're out and about on the shoots as well, I'll work with the camera operator to say, "Actually, try this, do this." Often they'll roll their eyes at me and it won't work, but they'll, they'll give it a go. Um, but it's definitely something I think that, that comes in at all stages. Yeah. yeah, it's idea and execution, both hand go hand in hand, actually. And that's, uh, I 100% believe that as well. So for the people listening that uh, obviously are looking into creating videos, starting to do videos, uh, all of that, you, basically everybody listening must understand that it's the whole thing from A to Z, which storytelling is really important, but also the way you structure up the scenes uh shots point of views it all comes together and you only can do so much uh on your own but in the end having collaborations multiple people looking at the same idea trying to convey that story into an actual thing that might be a better choice for different stories you want to tell i believe maybe some might disagree it comes down to what it is you try to uh, yeah obviously it's what it, what it is you try to tell what story it is you try to tell and different mm, good point. Yeah, and different well it's with us it's when what we always say to clients is well, you know what's the purpose yeah of this this video so you know i've got a conference call later on with a, a, a sports organization and they've they've come to me and they they want some content but to make that content good and, and work, I need to know who it's aimed at and why they want to do it. They want to do it because they've read somewhere that they need to start adding some rich media into their, their social media. Um, but there's there's no point in us just, you know, rocking up there and, and spending... Here's 10 videos. Here's, and, and filming <laughs> and, and giving them 10 videos. We, You know, I want, I want it to work for them. Yeah. So, you know, the clients will always have usually the clients will will come to us and have a a strong idea about what it is that they want. So stuff that we're working on at the minute, um, it's for a big exhibition that's taking place. Um, They've got a big exhibition stand, they've got some big plasma screens, and they want some video content that complements the rest of the stand. So we've seen all the outlines of the stands and we've designed the video so all the colours match the stands and all, all the rest of it. So, you know... We know what that show is. Um, we know 
who's going to be going to that show and therefore we've been able to design that video in the right way. So it's all about restaurants and it's about bars and it's about shops and it's about hotels. So that's the content that we put in the video. So that's very collaborative. Now we will bring ideas to that table that they probably haven't thought about and we'll bring techniques maybe um, and approaches that they probably haven't thought about. Their idea might be something that we, we go, well, it's, it's nearly there. And that's when we go back and go, well, what about doing it like this? And likewise, of course, you know, we're in the business of producing content for them that they are paying for and they are signing off. So at the end of the day, they have to be happy with it and they know their customers, their marketplace better than we do. Um, and so whilst they have to trust us to go away and make some good videos, and, and most of our customers do, 94, 95% of our customers come back and, and do business again with us, which is, I think, a pretty phenomenal sort of figure, pretty high figure. Mm -hmm. um, very, very few customers do one job with us and never, ever return. So that, that's a good thing. But it's it's then us working with them. And often you've got maybe an agency involved as well. Certainly when we've done TV commercials, um, there's, there's various people involved because you've got our thoughts on it. You've got the direct customer's thoughts on it, whether that's a carpet shop or mm -hmm. a plumbing center or a windows and doors company, whatever that might be. You've often then got an agency, the marketing agency, the buying ad agency. They'll have some thoughts on what they think will work. And then you need to put that by the authorities that will sign the commercial offer broadcast in terms of making sure that you're not making any statements or claims that aren't untrue. Oof. So you have to build their sort of side into it as well. And what, what you think, if you want to go, well, we make the best baths in the northeast of England, well, they're immediately going to come back to me and say, well, you need to prove that statement. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there might be four or five different organizations, companies, and within those four or five different people often as well that have all got thoughts. So that's where you kind of just have to try and, and, and bring it all together. And, and we have to sometimes know when to accept other people's feedback. And most of our customers, I think, sort of know when to, to, to accept ours. Do you think there's been a shift in the style of video making um, from like TV through into social? Do you think there's now this new hybrid type of people try to create one for all platforms? And if so, do you think it works? It's really interesting that I've got two children, eight and, and six years of age. They don't watch television in a linear way that I used to. They don't come home and watch kids TV at quarter to four to 5.30 in the way that um, I used to. And they watch a lot of YouTube content. Um, and I look at the production values of some of this YouTube content and think, well, that's not the way I would do it. Yeah. Lots of jump cuts and um, and things like that in there. Um, and that's something I think we are adjusting to now. So there's, you know, there's, there's companies that I think have, have got probably newer companies than ours that have got a bit more of that sort of um, YouTube approach to their work. Um, and they're, they're resonating with, with customers and, and clients and businesses in this area. Now, what we would say to people is, is that really what you want? If you are yeah. a high-end business, yeah. are you yeah. targeting the YouTube generation? But then I think it's kind of arrogant of us to, or arrogant of me as a man in my early 40s to say, 
or the YouTube generation is just my kids that are eight and six because YouTube's been around a long time. Mm. And actually the YouTube generation is probably people in their 20s, maybe with decent incomes, and actually might be using some of these high-end businesses. I don't know. Um, it's it's still a, a challenge for us. So, yeah, I think it's definitely changed. And the, and the glossy corporate video that we were making 10, 12 years ago, um, which would probably sit across all those platforms, actually now... We are making different content for different platforms with yeah. people. So, you know, we did a big project over the summer with a lot of the local museums, and what we put on their Instagram story video was what's different to what's sitting on their website to what they put on Facebook. Yeah, reflecting the different audiences of those different platforms. brand storytelling, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's interesting, Dan, because that's what we talked about a while ago as well, even off mm. chat, on uh, how important it is to do. Um, the brand storytelling it needs to uh, match up to what you are about as your brand yeah. and what you want to showcase and lots of people have that confused as well so it is what you're yeah. uh, saying michael like hey that youtube content the way they put it all together it works um but is it working for the people that you really want to target or is it you know there's lots of stuff to take into accounting on that and and who do you want to approach and does it reflect what you are as a company does it hurt the way you showcase yourself like that as a company totally and there's all, all kinds of stuff that you need to think about when uh yeah it, it all comes back to what we we're talking about the whole time like hey uh, i can record the stuff myself as well with my video uh, uh with my own camera and and put it out there but does that does that make uh it might be fun to watch and interesting but does that doesn't that hurt your company in any way it's lots of stuff uh, everybody has to take uh, think about like hey who do i want uh, to be as a company as a person how do i want to showcase myself out there and what type of content is it really rough is it really refined uh how much can i do how much and and where's it going often as well because like mm. you know this is it, it's a relatively new thing but it's not a brand new thing so um well maybe maybe a dozen years ago now 12 years ago now we worked for for a barclay card that got big offices quite near here in in stockton on tees um and they sent a load of employees down to do what was at the time called the barclay card challenge and so we equipped them all with what was a camcorders at the time because mm -hmm. um, that's how long ago this was. Mm -hmm. And then they brought back a load of user-generated content. It was like a challenge, Annika, a treasure hunt-style thing that they were doing in London. And they filmed it all themselves, and then we put it all together. But that was for internal use. That was for like a company away day, a company conference. So it worked, but when we sat down with that company afterwards and said you know is there anything here that we would put publicly available we agreed probably not because mm. what had been filmed by the the staff members on the the camcorders which is what how long ago this was <laughs> um is is not what reflected barclay card yeah. as as a brand how they wanted to reflect themselves in their marketplace so you know it it does often you know reflect on on what, what your audience is so you know, we make a lot of stuff for internal communications mm -hmm. and, you know, I've had managing directors of big businesses. I'm talking businesses listed 
on the stock exchange and I've had their heads of sales and marketing dressed as characters from Ghostbusters <laughs> um, and things like that. But that is, that's for internal use. Yeah. That is not something that they would, they would put out there publicly. Do you, do you think people lack, once they get the final like product, as it were, like the video or, or, or whatever it is, do you think they lack the confidence to do something with it? Because I think one of this, one of the bugbears that I hear from people in the creative sector is that they create the content and they never see it anywhere. Yeah. Which is, it's just, it seems balmy, doesn't it? You spend that money and that time and getting a project together and then it just never really sees the, no, nobody gets to see it. No, it's a big frustration of mine. Um, and obviously, you know, I want to create the content and it to get out there. Yeah. Um, because then they'll come back. <laughs> yes. Lack of experience is probably for, uh, for most most people that have those videos created, they don't know how to actually put it to use. They're like, yeah, well, I have the video, and you know what? I can, I will put it on my website, and that's it. Well, there yeah. are so many ways to make good use of that type of content. The amount of conversation I've had where people come to me and say, I want to create a viral video. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, do you? Um, okay, right. And, and I, it's, it's not quite as easy as that. And then you sit down and go, okay, so what, what do you want in your viral video? And the man, woman, whatever involved goes, well, I want to say that we've been in existence since 1985 and we've got 34 employees and uh, we've got a turnover of 1.6 million pounds a year. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, there's no way in the world <laughs> that that video is going to go viral. The only reason that video is going to go viral is because it's so awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, it's, it's become a mistake. Some of the, the, the sort of quirky little ones that you don't think about. So for International Nurses Day earlier mm. on this year, the, the local NHS trust said to us, um, we are having an event for International Nurses Day. We want to try and, and do something where we've got nurses, actual sort of nurses working in the hospitals, and we've got children dressed as nurses and see if we can do something together. So we worked with a, lo a local dance school. Mm. We all kind of just did this for, for International Nurses Day. And they put together this routine of, of Don't Stop Me Now, uh, the Queen mm. song. And at the end of the, the filming day, we, we basically just, we went into a big room and we just played this song over and over again. And what happened was all the, the nurses employed by the hospital suddenly seemed to just lose their inhibitions a bit. And they all started really like, I'm going to say like terribly old man, rocked out with these, these kids. Mm. And we just filmed it and captured it. And we, we put it together as a little video and it was shown on International Nurses Day. Such was the reaction in the room to it that they then got the various permissions to start sharing it and, and sharing it around. And it was it was that little something that we hadn't really planned or something we hadn't thought about too much that actually went viral um, because something just happened. There was a little bit of magic in the room whether it was the nurses thought we're, we're being let out of here in 20 minutes because <laughs> um, we we had done some kind of like um sort of choreographed dance routines with them they'd had to learn that they were doing with the kids but it was this bit where they all just went a bit insane at the end that just worked really really well it worked obviously with the song too going so, you know it was really nice and it was a great sort of little project to be involved mm. in and you just sort of saw the the numbers start racking up on Facebook every day, you'd see it on your Facebook profile. Be like, 
X thousand views, X thousand views, X thousand views. And you think, well, that's, that's something we did. That's, you know, that's being shared really widely. And that, yeah. that's really Yeah, good. it's a great yeah. feeling. Yeah. I can I can imagine. And, and you know, I think uh, a viral video, it's something you cannot, you can only do so much on making a, a great and awesome video. And then it's up to the people out there and and how it is received you know uh i think there are a few factors that you can counter in people that can relate to the stuff uh, it helps them along or they feel really entertained you know those are only a few things that you can take into accounting but then it's up to the world to either accept yeah, to, it and or not and when we uh, spoke earlier about um the international trade organization we worked with tradecraft and they used to have an annual appeal and I think they used to aim to raise off the top of my head around £600,000. Apologies if I've got that figure wrong. Mm. Um, they opted to try and use social media and video content, going back to the point you made, Darren, about getting the content made and then and getting it out there mm. and getting it to the right audiences. And it was a very joined up approach between us making the content and then making sure that it, it got out there and got put out there and it was scheduled correctly. And that year they made 1.3 million. They doubled what they would normally make on their annual appeal. So, you know, suddenly the, to put it bluntly, the investment on sending two people from Three Point Media to Bangladesh for 10 days, um, which was a big decision for yeah. a charity, yeah. you know, and, and I totally appreciate that. You know, yeah. it's a, that's a four-figure sum of money yeah. and, they, and they've got to think, you know, what's the return on that? Yeah. But when they looked at the return on it, they doubled the amount of money they raised that year. And, you know, you look at things like comic relief and children in need. To, yeah, I was just about to say, you know, yeah. what, when, when are the, the little spikes in donations on, on nights like that on televisions and telethons? Yeah. When those emotive videos are being shown, yeah. not when Little Mix are promoting their latest single. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This type of content all comes down to that. What type of content are you going to showcase? And, and it's, sometimes it's worth the investment. Look at this perfect example right now. I mean, doubling it up. I mean, yeah, that's most of what people can dream of. So to round it a little bit up. So uh, looking forward towards 2020, 2021, um, that's maybe a little bit too far ahead. But what are your thoughts on video marketing then and opportunities video marketing maybe uh, uh ai wise or anything regarding that what are your thoughts yeah ai is an interesting one and, and certainly not an area that, that we have looked at um with any detail at all at the minute maybe you know we should um and in fact i've had one conversation with with one guy that we've kind of worked with on and off for for pretty much since we started um who's very sort of ahead in that game so that's someone or some something that I think maybe we should look at we are um, certainly in 2020 going to be looking at live broadcasting I think a little bit more and you know that's our background um, live broadcasting live events but you know that's when I say it's our background we that's driving a articulated lorry to a sporting event, parking it outside the stadium, sitting 
20 people in it and having people direct it and people doing sound and vision mixing, that's a terribly expensive thing to do. So, you know, we're going to look, I think, at some solutions next year or end of this year in 2020 where we can go to our clients and go, yeah, you can stick your iPad at the back of a room and you can live stream your breakfast event and your launch. But actually, for not a lot of money, we can maybe offer you a, a, a very small outside broadcast or through a laptop, maybe. So, you know, I think that's something we're probably going to be, well, we are looking at at the minute and, and exactly how we do that. And we are working with a couple of people on, on doing some live things. I think live streaming of things now through, you know, everyone can... Facebook Live, Twitter Live, but they're doing it on their phones. Yeah, and you mean like right more, more professional wise, like you see on TV, yeah. but then like for uh, yeah, being able to to put something that you could watch on Sky News, but then but yeah. on onto someone's phone or through their phone or tablet. I think I think is something that we would we'd be looking at, and and something I'm sort of personally keen to do in 2020. Um, in a bit more of an altruistic way, um, is I've got this idea of um, just trying to gather knowledge and intel in in 2020. With so I've got this idea which I'm sort of in my head calling 202020, where during the calendar year I want to go in and meet 20 business owners, business leaders, mm -hmm. influencers, whatever that is in this area. And finding out just a little bit about what makes them tick, what their story is, how they maybe built their business or how they're going to take their business forward. And I just, I want to do that and <coughs> just put it out there as a as a resource, really, mm -hmm. um, for people. So, I mean, the very early stages of, of planning that, that's not something that I, is going to make any money. But I just think, you know, as... As a, a community, yeah. business community in this this region, we you know we need to you know work together. We, we've got great opportunity in the northeast of England, certainly in the Tees Valley at the minute. Going back to that that mayor now and that pot of money that we can get from central government, and I'd like to just just go out and and maybe link a few of those people together, and that's that's one of the ideas that I've had. What my colleagues will say is that I'll spend most of twenty twenty talking about the in Olympics um, and that they won't see too much of me because I'll always be off at some Olympic thing uh, but that's that's just a side project. <laughs> so would you say then uh, overall looking towards the future 2020-2021 uh, um, obviously you mentioned you know we will we will be looking into live video on events so you think definitely that's something going to happen in the future as well inside video marketing that's going to have a, a huge potential uh, uh, attention and uh, people interest in and local collaborations uh, more local collaborations or do you think that's more something you're planning on doing yourself um, or is it like you see that more and more happening and value in that for the listener I think there's terrific value in I read a great blog on it recently <laughs> as well, um, written by Darren, I think, um, about collaborations. I think it's, and it's something, you know, we, we've always done um, in 15 years. We've always worked with, you know, like-minded businesses, whether that's, you know, we're not 3D animators, but we, we had a big 3D animation project a year, 18 months ago. We worked, you know, with another company on that. And whilst we provided 
quite a lot of the graphics and mm-hmm. the text on it and the voiceover and the music and and those kind of nuts and bolts of it they did the animation so you know things like that were very good working increasingly with companies so that when we make this content we are able to go to our customers and clients and say right you need to go and speak to Darren now you need to go and make sure that this content is going to the right places targeted at the right people at the right time because if this sits on your desk on a hard drive or it sits on a folder Mm -hmm. on your desktop on your computer you've wasted your money it's not necessarily going to do the job that you you wanted it to do so you know there is a lot of things we do for very specific reasons um you know whether that's just sometimes an evidence base of an event that that took place um, the video is not necessarily meant to be there for, for public consumption, but social media presents such a great opportunity, free opportunity, or cheap opportunity mm-hmm. for so many people that I think, you know, that collaborative approach has to be yeah. has to be the way forward. Yeah, definitely. And, and you you believe that having it regional bond, uh, making that collaborative approach regional stronger and also you t- you talked about that live video do you see the potential of that as well like being that local news uh, yeah it might uh, that might me a bit of weird of saying it but doing the live videos live broadcasting but then with higher quality towards phones facebook and all that kinds of stuff uh do you believe it's I interesting to focus that on the regional point as well like being that local news uh, yeah, I, well, I think um, to use quite a specific example, I think it could potentially save people money um, because going back to the, the work we've done with the health service, there, there's a, a leading consultant in, in the local NHS who works across two main sites and he has to shuttle between these two sites delivering training and delivering updates on services and everything. And he spends a lot of his life in his car. Now, two things. He wastes a lot of time sat in his car, one. And two, it's not very good for the environment. So actually what we are doing with him is videoing his training that he has to deliver or videoing his latest message that he needs to deliver. And then we're delivering that into people's inboxes. You know, and it's it's stuff that we've done before where... MDs of big companies have wanted to deliver their company results across multiple sites. Now, in the past, we sometimes sort of pre-recorded that and then uploaded it onto internet and things. You know, it's about maybe now not bringing 800 people from an organization to a town hall event somewhere in the, the middle of the country. But it's about saying, actually, for 40 minutes this afternoon, you can all just sit at your laptops and you can watch this announcement about the restructure, the rebrand, the fantastic financial performance, whatever it is. Mm. And we'll be able to enhance that and save the company a lot of money on yeah. things like travel and hotels, booking venues. You know, if you're having a, an AGM, why not start doing that remotely? I think this is something I've heard a lot about, especially in bigger organizations where they're still quite behind in terms of digital technology embracing what you know these solutions that have like we're using skype like now or you know we, we're recording this podcast and you can do it on your phone like we were 
kind of we were talking outside this podcast earlier on you can do all these types of things like quite quickly and um cheaply but there's still organizations that haven't really moved on with the times there maybe yeah. their technology maybe sort of even up to 15 20 years behind seeing, still using windows xp it's quite crazy <laughs> yeah it's it's seeing opportunities and uh, yeah all these tools are available and that's the beautiful thing of our time right now is that there are so many stuff available that you could use for less amount of money uh, um to do whatever it is you want to showcase to the outside world or whatsoever there's so many opportunity right now and lots of companies are make not making use uh, usage of it but you know i think in the end it all comes down to knowing the opportunities and as well as that uh people are uh, i mean it's an assumption but lots of people are scared to jump into unknown things unknown fields that they are not experienced in or not knowing if it mm. can bring any result but if you're not jumping into any kinds of that types of stuff then you definitely not know for sure obviously you need to set up a plan knowing hey i want to go towards this and i want to create this or whatsoever have some kind of a plan up uh, uh, in front of it but then it's just trying out stuff and that's with all the stuff in life obviously trying out stuff and see what works and what does not work and what might it might not work for the rest of the world but maybe it works for your business so it all depends on lots of variables but yeah what you're saying people are scared of trying out i think we've said a bit about collaboration but i think you're going to see some consolidation on social media front i think with facebook and whatsapp and messenger and instagram it's already you know they're starting to see these things get integrated more together so there may well be i think there's going to be some developments there in the next couple of years and i think possibly you'll see kind of a paid for feature from the messaging side and i think the video and will also have a bigger part to play. So oh, I think, yeah. you know, there'd be a, almost a new LinkedIn uh, competitor because businesses have got money. But like, also see the video is going to be a key component of that. So definitely that's a space to watch in the next couple of mm-hmm. years as well. But collaboration, consolidation, is, like, they all these channels can't keep competing forever. So somebody's going to start winning um, unless there's going to be some big innovation somewhere. AI will also be quite interesting to see because um, you've already got Alexa at the moment, which is just voice, but eventually kind of, I mean, you can still do that with audio, with an iPad, you've got Siri and all, all mm-hmm. these things now. But I think in terms of home integration and into the into the car, you're going to see, start to see a lot more of those types of things like come through uh, and be a bit more responsive. Uh, and I think the spectacles... <laughs> they're yeah. not gone away I think they might be coming back next year with Apple so you might start seeing people you might start seeing a new uh, take on the Google specs thing coming back from Apple oh next yeah year the Google Glass uh, thing Google, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then in that you're going to see this kind of augmented reality uh, and that's maybe where the AI and the video stuff will start to merge a little bit as well mm-hmm. Um so I think it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting because um, I think there'll still be some traditional uh, needs and that, but they'll also then create um, some new streams. Yeah. Um, it's cre- it's like, I mean, hol- holograms. <laughs> so the Marcel's all about holograms. That's the future, isn't it? Holograms. Well, yeah. I mean, I've looked into it quite a lot, and 
I do some stuff around it, but you know, it's interesting to see where it all goes and all these new technologies and opportunities pave way for new needs and new potential work. It's all a matter of creating the the, the technology and creating the, the, the machines or whatsoever um, to showcase. I think that's the most interesting thing. Whenever a new platform is created for content, showcasing content, that's where lots of if there's another thing created, like we have the phone for so long already and the phone's keeping up with everything. So the Google Glass might be the next thing, you know, new stuff coming up. It's a new platform to showcase video, new all kinds of stuff. Then th- it will open up so much opportunities. So new technologies open up new opportunities and new ways of marketing. Marketing will never die, obviously. It just takes on new forms and new ways of entertainment. Uh, that In that way, uh, uh, virtual reality is also an interesting platform as well. But you know, that might be a topic for the next time because yeah. uh, <laughs> we can go on forever. Um, yeah, Michael, I want to thank you for, uh, is there anything else you would like to share? Let's first off start with that. Is there anything, a last tip, if you would, share a tip to the people listening out there if you had to choose one if i had to choose one thing um i'll go back to the storytelling word now know what your story is that you want to tell if you've got a, a good idea clear idea about what the story is that you want to tell then the rest should be fairly simple or, or achievable for you so yes that would be my my tip at least at least have a, an idea of, of what you want to do great thank you thank you um so for social media website wise uh, is there uh, obviously we'll link it down down in the description but where can people find you online uh, well they can find three point media at three point media.com and that is the number three, not the, not the word three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, threepointmedia.com is our website. And um, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, YouTube and Vimeo as well. We're in the process currently of updating our, our channel. So there's, there's still quite a lot of content on YouTube. Content will be added to Vimeo shortly. Uh, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. I have my own Twitter account as well. So, you know... We're, we're across most of the social media platforms, Instagram as well. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of examples out there of the sort of work that we're doing. Um, hopefully quite easy to find and, and fairly accessible. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Michael. Thank you again, Darren. I uh, absolutely enjoyed the uh, podcast. Um, yeah, it's really good. Obviously, I think the listeners... Uh, had some really valuable points uh, as well. Uh, definitely, as we always say, if you have any questions uh, towards Michael, if you have any questions about this talk today, if you have any questions uh, towards us, uh, uh, you know, you can always uh, uh, reach out to us by email and on uh, uh, Twitter as well. 
for Twitter is MKTG plugged in and all the other socials is marketing plugged in podcast. If you liked the podcast today, definitely leave a like and subscribe and don't forget to tell your friends. Thank you again for listening and thank you, Michael. Thank you.